Welcome to another episode of Sardine Talks. This is a podcast where we take a deeper look at brands we work with who are choosing to take mindful steps towards a cleaner future, their journey to becoming a sustainable brand, and definitive moments in getting to where they are today. I was in London this week with Ruth Hickman, founder of the out-of-date women's wear brand Rex. Ruth handpicks vintage clothing individually from across the UK curating outfits that embrace eclectic British style. We chatted about her time as a women's wear buyer at Selfridges and how it shaped her skills, both as a sourcer and a curator. I'm Eliza Edwards. We hope you enjoy listening. Hi, Ruth. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. No worries. How you doing? Yeah, very well, thank you. Good. Back in rainy London. Yeah, I was going to say, we've really... Um, caught the best day of the year so far I know I don't know how we've managed this because I think it hasn't rained in three months and yeah. then the, the day we come down it's piddling it down soggy soggy yeah I want to talk about Rex Vintage obviously when did the idea first come to you where was it born from so I had a baby um, thank you um and I think that enabled me to have some time to think about what it was I really loved and was passionate about and for me vintage clothing and I use vintage clothing loosely because I think yes Rex is a vintage clothing brand but I've I've actually coined it out of date women's wear because I think Rex incorporates vintage secondhand resale all these different words and actually I wanted to coin a new term for it because I I think vintage has some not so great connotations attached to it so I kind of wanted I wanted to think about you know think about it differently this kind of term vintage it's always been something that I've personally always enjoyed and I've always shopped that way and I think certainly whilst I was buying at Selfridges and kind of in that environment that was very consume 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 buy more buy more sell more sell more I veered even further into enjoying secondhand clothing and vintage clothing and seeing the beauty in it but it's definitely it's been something I've always always kind of I guess had a passion about but certainly when I um, was pregnant I had this time and space to think well do something with it then and so what I what I really felt with Rex was that in the UK, there's a lot of there's a lot of vintage out there, but it's not always UK based. I think the UK has a great history with it. I think there's that everyone knows that Portobello Road kind of Bay Garnet Kate Moss thing that happened in the early noughties, late nineties. But I guess in the UK, I didn't know how vintage had evolved from then apart from beyond retro popping up kind of in London and whereas I saw vintage evolving in lots of other countries around the world and everyone always says here you know oh LA's got amazing vintage oh um, Amsterdam's got amazing vintage but it's like but what's amazing here so I think that's where I kind of was like you know wanted to do something close to home and celebrate our history with that way of, I mean, you know, because so much vintage that other 
countries do is rooted in subcultures from this country. So we should be really good at vintage because we have such a history mm. with clothing and fashion and so we should have a really celebrated one. I think there's lots of vintage in this country that is amazing, but I think for me it falls into two brackets and it's either quite elitist, so it's really expensive or you need like a password to get through the door or you're not even allowed through the door or it feels quite mass you know like the big beyond retro shops you know the big and I guess I wanted Rex to kind of try and bridge that bridge that gap I think it's interesting when you talk about the mass aspect because when vintage shopping I am often overwhelmed by the amount of stuff and I, I think that's for me vintage was all about it was the finding the it curating. was the discovery of it you know the the going to the charity shop you know the the going to that secondhand store whereas it's it's laid on a plate for you now um but at the same time then wearing vintage isn't special because you're wearing a plaid shirt from a selection of 50 plaid shirts that 50 other people are going to buy so I think I wanted to try and go back to it being about that kind of discovery and everything being unique. And therefore, it's it's like a super eclectic mix. Um, but again, that, for me, talks to British sense of style. So, like, keeping... I wanted to, you know, keep that, you know, oddness to it because we are all quite odd in this country, you know. And I think, I guess, the, the, the mass side of it that to me has come over like that Americana side, you know, the plaid shirts or the denim cut-off shorts and all of that. That's not what you're going to get with Rex. I've kind of made sure I wanted to, I've steered away from that as much as possible. So I guess on the flip side of that, it's probably not the most commercial of edits. But then as a buyer for me, that's quite an interesting thing as well because you're supposed to be commercial as a buyer. But I think with this, it's actually, I think, the weirder the better. Yeah, and you're also doing it to explore history. and. I hope so. I mean, I think what I've always said about Rex is it's about the unknown garment and celebrating that unknown garment. So as well as wanting to kind of bring a new idea of like vintage in inverted commas, like out-of-date women's wear to the table, I've also tried to root it in probably one of the most susten- most sustainable ways of, sh- of dressing is to wear clothes that are already made. So it is very rooted in that kind of um, sustainable angle. But what this isn't, and I c- can be completely frank, yes, there are some brands in there, there are some labels if they feel right, but this isn't like, you know, vintage Valentino, this isn't vintage Armani, like, you know, you're not going to come to me for an amazing Chanel handbag. There's people that do that really well out there. But I think what I wanted to try and encourage people to do was like celebrate that garment already made, even if it's not got a brand attached to, you know, because lots of the, where I source my vintage from, lots of the people I kind of speak to, they're like, oh, loads of people are buying up, you know, Kappa and all the sportswear at the moment on champion sweatshirts, can't sell enough of them. And I'm like there in the dusty corner, like, oh, I like this odd like skirt. But I think that is trying to change people's mindsets of how they see. I don't want vintage to just be vintage brand like labels and vintage designer. Like it's, I think 
the world would be a better place if everyone just had one piece of old clothing in their wardrobe. And I think it is like that. It's about those like understated garments rather than those. So they're, they're, they're odd and they're like, I'd like to think that when you wear them, people would talk about, you know, say like, oh, where's that from? I like that. But it's not like you could say, oh, it's from Poochie or anything like that. You just have to say, oh, it's from Rex, I guess. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about how it works? So do you create collections from selected yeah. pieces? So, yeah, I guess it, that's quite an important thing to mention is, is the curated aspect of it. Um, so to, to try and bridge that gap and stop it being so massive. I, I guess from my experience of being a buyer, you're always editing, editing, editing. So it's a kind of a natural um, skill that I have. Or a natural, it's something I really like to do constantly edit my own wardrobe and life and everything so yeah there is this there is this kind of evolution to it how it happens is I go out and I see things I like and I buy them and then things just stories just start to form but certainly when I've kind of started I mean what I try to do with Rex but it's not it's not indicative of what it, of what the kind of the process is but it's try to outfit build and you know just start to see things together how you'd wear them but somehow it just the dots just naturally get joined together as I'm as I'm buying and seeing more things but certainly one piece could end up in one edit and then I'll buy something else and then all of a sudden it looks better with that so it goes in the other edit so it's kind of a constant evolution but I try to go out and source for an X some kind of a, a limited amount of time and then stop because I think this constant like this constant buying I could just do it all the time I think it's quite healthy to kind of go out buy see stuff then figure it figure it out kind of in my head on a rail and how you'd wear it on a person and get these edits together and then stop and take a break and then I'll go back and start buying so the moment I'm kind of doing three four edits at a time you know but then I will get to the stage where I'm like okay I just need two more pairs of trousers and then I'll have to be really strict and be like oh but that top's amazing but like no just buy some trousers um but yeah I do I see it in like outfits and, and stories how do you want people to shop Rex I do so we're launching, and it will be launched actually, our own website. And on that website, how you will shop is you will... I've made collages of the outfits, and you will click into those outfits, and then you'll be able to buy the individual pieces. So for me, I guess that's a shopping, a shop by look. I guess I just wanted to kind of portray how I envisage the clothes talking to, to each other, and that's storytelling. Having said that, for sardines, I've done an edit exclusively for sardines. So I've wanted to focus more on um, occasion wear, if that's still a term anyone uses, um, and in a kind of amazing outerwear. And actually, the edit that I've ended up doing for sardine is very, it's very dress heavy um, and outerwear heavy. So I guess it doesn't need as much outfit building as as other edits um so I think for I think for sardine it will be more about the individual pieces I imagine I hope that they'll just discover something that they've not seen before I guess is what I'm kind of hoping I'll be able to say but and certainly maybe not seen before in terms of wow this is accessible this is 
I can click and buy it now and it's kind of under £200, you know, because I, mm. I, I guess for some people the hunt and the discovery is a real thrill, but also people are busy and lots of people don't have time and, you know, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being able to buy vintage and secondhand very easily. So you want to bring originality back to vintage shopping? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's it's just wanting, it's wanting to kind of make it, yeah, I guess back to being like an eclectic genre that, you know, was was something that kind of back in the day people didn't know about, but everyone knows, everyone knows that word now, but I guess it's trying to like reclaim it and, you know, move it on because I think, you know, that what was unique obviously 20 years ago isn't unique now and actually it's all those vintage slip skirts that everyone's now ripping off in mass so like I guess it's almost like hoping to find those pieces that someone might wear and then that will you know be the kind of thing in 20 years time that someone goes oh wow that was a thing like I've got this polo neck well roll neck that I found that's kind of an it's white with an uh, it's got um frills around the neck it's and then embellishment on the front and it's like a, a jumper that a figure skater would wear and I was looking at it and I was like well I really should make about 10,000 of those because that would just be a great brand in its own right so I guess it's kind of trying to find those pieces that will like inspire rather than look familiar what makes something a vintage piece for you so that's really interesting I think that's that's why that's why I've tried to not I know we must have said the word vintage about a thousand times in this podcast <laughs> but actually I'm trying to not use that word and I'm trying to use out of date women's wear as much as possible but you know people don't understand out of date women's wear yet like you know it's that's hard but I don't think that it needs to have, have a specific time to it almost or um, you know a, spe- a specific heritage for me it's just a great piece I, you know, listen, I don't want it to be... And I don't... I haven't had anything that's from this kind of fast fashion generation. So I think for it to be classed or it to fit Rex, it needs to be a certain quality, is I guess what I'm always looking for. But I don't, I don't need it to be 50 years old. I think it's just... I want things to be really good examples you know, a really good example of a denim jacket or or just a denim jacket that I've not seen. So, like, you know, I, Levi's denim jackets, you see lots of those, but I've got this, like, little cropped, tailored, almost denim jacket. It's got no label in, so I have no idea kind of where it's from. But to me, it's like it's a really good denim jacket. I'm trying to not put too much definition on I want to bring a new asset to the table but yeah I'm kind of that's why I don't want to say vintage because you know there's some there's some amazing vintage dealers out there that deal with you know really exquisite you know kind of and I think my pieces are exquisite but you know we're we're talking an accessible price point here you know I've got things from 35 pound up to kind of 200 250 for outerwear but you know we're not talking thousands or hundreds so I kind of don't want to step on those people's toes or like suddenly start to think all of a sudden I'm the most informed vintage dealer in the UK because I'm not but I guess it's just using what I hope I've honed over the the, you know the years that I've been a buyer like using that eye and you know finding 
great pieces of clothing, whether they're a hundred years old or one year old. When you select the pieces, do you consider the journey that they've been on to get to the store? It always makes me think, I mean, what I've said about Rex, and I may do edits in the future that don't follow this rule, but everything has been sourced in the UK. So everything is on our shores at the point of me selecting it and putting a Rex label to it. That doesn't mean that everything's been made in the UK. I try to, you know, lots of the things that I, you know, I actually... um, kind of I'm drawn to are often made in the UK and I do try to include those things but you know I've got a made in USA t-shirt you know but it's here so yeah I mean I guess I always I always think about that and I think if only you could somehow track that journey on a, I mean I'm sure at some point there will be a microchip put into clothes a little camera and you can see its entire life um, but f- for sure what I wanted to do was kind of celebrate the clothes that have ended up here on these shores somehow. Do you have an ideal customer or do you want your clothes to be...? I think, although I've said that the price point is accessible, you know, I appreciate that there's lots of, you know, it's more expensive than Beyond Retro and Cow and all those kind of big guys. So I guess there is a slight aspirational aspect to Rex. So, you know, I'd say that, I mean, it's women's wear at the moment, late 20s, early 30s, you know, it's probably more you know who it will appeal to but I think I just there just seems a big hole in the market for me for kind of curated vintage pieces from this country that you know kind of are just like a little bit off the wall and a bit off beat but I hope for sure that it has global appeal I mean I think that's the beauty of vintage is one piece will appeal to one person and one will appeal to the complete opposite. I mean, I guess for sardine, I suppose I've... Because I've focused more on, like, party wear. That's even worse than occasion wear, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, but there's, there's, like... There's some, like... As much as it's British, there's then, like, you know, some Romeo and Michelle high school reunion moments in that. And then there's some, like, you know... Kind of really like elegant moments in the edit so I I guess it's I hope it's got broad appeal I try and it is something that I'm going to be doing on Instagram because on the website we um I flat shoot everything um and make collages um I do try everything on myself well everything I can get into um and take I've got um I've started doing a a bookie, what I'm calling a bookie fitting room series. So I wear an outfit from Rex and go into a changing room and take a selfie in their mirror. So you should be able to see all the clothes worn on a body. So I guess in a sense, I kind of, you can see that when when, when they're all worn on me, some things don't suit me as much as they'd suit other people and then some things I'm like I love this but I'm not buying for myself I guess that was that was more of a just I I was like I need to be able to show these on a body and how they fit but I guess there's there's a level of me in it it's hard not to that was gonna be that's what I wanted to ask because obviously with your buying experience as a buyer you have to look at it very objectively because you can't let your personal style influence your choices do you find that with Rex you're now like, oh, I have now, 
this, these are my decisions. Is it hard to draw back your personal style? I mean, I think that it's quite self... It's quite self-indulgent sometimes, but they're actually... They're, and I think it's self-indulgent because I love everything I buy, whereas when you're in a corporate buying environment, you don't necessarily love everything you buy. You love that it's going to make you loads of money. Um, but with Rex, I love everything I buy, but that's not because it looks amazing on me. There's probably been... There's been one thing that I've bought that I've then kept for myself because I was like, I have to have it. Um, but actually, everything, although I'm like, I get really excited by it, it's not from a... It's not from a... Because I want it. Um, but I do... I do think there is a self-indulgence because I am, I'm buying things that I love. And that's what I guess I hope I want to get across, you know, is it's not... That, that's how I hope my business works, is that there's like a... You're not coming to me because it's trend-led or it's, you know, got this, this brand or that design attached. It's just because it's, there's a love to it. I see something in it um, that I hope then, you know, I want to pass on to other people. Yeah, and I think hopefully. they'll feel that you'll see hopefully. the quality. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I guess, you know, one one man's trash is another man's treasure, isn't it? I'm, I hope that, yeah, I guess I just hope the things that I see as treasures, other, you know, other people see. But I think, I, you know, I think, I think you will when you... I think that that's why you need that kind of... That space around things, and that's you know that's why that you know there's an edit you know for sardine I've done kind of I think around thirty pieces you know it's not too overwhelming you know you can look at each piece and enjoy it and I mean that's why you know it's nice actually to do it on a I was always worried with do moving into vintage whether it had to be in a bricks and mortar environment whether I had to have suddenly have my own store or I had to work with stores that you know had um had a bricks and mortar environment and I explored them for Rex but actually Sardine felt like even though it was online and it's you know oh you can't try it on or you know I think the sustainable angle of Sardine and Sardine is so much about transparency and I think that's what I try you know if 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 something has a stain I'll show you it has a stain I'll give all the measurements you know I want I want you to try and experience the clothes as much, much as possible, even though it's online. And I actually think sometimes it's nice online because you can kind of, you can go back, you can look, you can revisit. Um, and I think, you know, there's been so much success recently of vintage, not necessarily in the UK, but of vintage working via Instagram. Um, you know, that people are willing to, you know, like obviously eBay and, you know, Vestiaire um, have had that big business success you know but there's you know you don't people aren't afraid to buy secondhand clothing online anymore um but yeah I'm hoping that you'll 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 still be able to create and have feel and, and have an experience without being physically attached to the clothes um because I think sardine will be able to create that and certainly on our on our own e-com site we've kind of tried to do that mm. um and then maybe I'll open up a store in the future. <laughs> Who knows? I have always had this dream of sat, being sat amongst a big pile of vintage clothes. But we'll see. The, the, you know, the, the, the key at the moment is that 
there isn't enough stock to fit a store because it's about the edits and it's about them being quite succinct and coming in and then going out. So really my business model doesn't work to have a store because, you know, that's then something for someone else to rummage through. But I guess the whole point is I've done the rummaging. Do you ever find that you have pieces that then you love at the time but don't make it into the edits? Yeah, I mean, actually, at the moment, my kind of cut rate has been surprisingly um, minimal. Um, I think there's about, I think there's been about three things in total that ironically I've taken to a charity shop, just to start the process again, circular economy. Um, so actually, for the most part, everything, you know, has a place and, and finds life. I think sometimes things, I'm like, all struggling with it, but then it will find a friend eventually. Um, and I think that's what, when I've got to that place where everything's got a friend, that's when I stop. Because I think the trouble is the more you buy, the more you kind of mess up the... You come back with something new and then all of a sudden, oh, God, I need three more tops because I've used those two bottoms in that. And So, yeah, I think it, that's why I'm like kind of pausing at the moment in between doing groups of edits um, to try and, yeah, not let that happen. I think that's the beauty of things, though. It's like in your own wardrobe, isn't it? One moment you love something the next moment you want to throw it away but if you don't throw it away you're like in two years time oh my god thank god I didn't throw that away because I've just started wearing I mean I've just had a baby so limited wardrobe for quite a long time so I was rummaging through my old clothes to see what I could fit into and I found this old like peasant mimi skirt that I've now just worn like every day for the whole summer that I bought when I was 16 years old in like Harvey Nichols in Birmingham I thought I was like the absolute hits of this skirt and and I've never got rid of it because it's a great skirt it's and, quality as well yeah and now I'm wearing it you know 13 years later you know so I think that I don't want to kind of be and anything I buy it's because there's a moment where I love it and it speaks to me so then I don't want to be throw away with it because I'll revisit that moment again even if for a few weeks I'm like oh, I don't know if I like it anymore because that's that's what you do you know that's what fast fashion's done isn't it it's made everyone just go oh chuck, chuck, yeah I can buy something else I don't like it doesn't matter or I'm not sure I'll buy it anyway because I can sell it on debop or whatever you know so yeah I think I'm trying trying not to have that mindset but yeah three of three of hit the hit the charity pile what's your favorite vintage item you've ever bought um, I mean it's probably what the I have at the moment my new favorite top on which was one pound from a car boot sale that I went to the other week in Worcestershire so I think this at the moment is my favorite but I guess my ultimate is my Dior saddlebag that I got off Vestia Collective because that for me is one of those pieces where I just I will always wear like that it's part of I feel like that bag's a bit like part of my identity and I always will use that bag um so I'd say that's probably my favorite but that's not what I'm dealing with <laughs> that's for Vestia Collective I'll still buy my Dior bag saddlebags from there <laughs> so nice to identify with a piece like that yeah I mean I, I nice and sad I never want to kind of feel 
massively defined or uh, attached to fashion in a weird way and I think that's that's why I love secondhand clothing and kind of vintage because it's so full of personality and like history and experience that it's not about you're you're never part of a fad you're never part of a trend you're never you know kind of so you're not being defined by it even though you you have like a defined look it's kind of it's not you're not following the system and you're not being told right that's cool at this point you know that's not cool anymore in this season you wear this in that season you buy this you're kind of dancing to the beat of your own drum which I quite like so because I kind of that's yeah that's what it's quite scary when you've been in an environment buying for such a big store is that you see how people you know constantly consume and of course you're part of that industry and but when you're in that world you consume in that way as well because you just think I've got to have that bag or I've got to have that pair of shoes. But of course you don't. Mm. But it's quite nice now I've come out of it to kind of... Breathe and reassess your values of how you Yeah, shop. because, I, listen, I, I, you know, I, I, I love clothes. I buy lots of fashion, you know, like... And, but I think that there's a, there just needs to be a thought process to it, to purchasing, which isn't so kind of immediate and intense and sporadic. Which, yeah, which again, I think that that's what's actually quite nice about Rex being online because you can come back to the store very easily, can't you? Whereas if you're vintage shopping, you're kind of like, oh, I've got to get it now, I've got to get it now. Whereas, you know, I'm hoping people will consider their purchases and, you know, be considered and then love the piece, you know, kind of. But of course, when shopping on Rex, you have to remember that if someone else gets there first... That's true. Only one of these items is carried. Yeah, that is true. So, yeah, buy quick. <laughs> yeah, no, Do it mindfully, but yeah, buy quick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, there, <laughs> do, there definitely is, does need to be a sense of immediacy and urgency to it, which I guess is part of, again, part of the fun of it all. I've, yeah. I've had Dior saddlebags come and go in my life that I thought might be there, and then someone snaps them up. So, yeah. And it's that... I'm sure it's like that moment that you're in a vintage shop and you find something that you feel isn't part of the masses and you can't quite believe that it looks great or that it belongs to someone else. And I think that is Rex's essence. I've gone north, south, middle, you know, I think you do have to go all over to find what I think is the best of the best. I don't just go to one place and buy a load of vintage stuff and put it on Rex. Um, you know I've kind of gone to all sorts of different places all over the country to find it so it definitely is you know sourced I hope that people kind of I guess enjoy looking at it as much as and kind of discovering it and buying it as much as I guess I've enjoyed kind of finding it because I think even though I've done all the legwork there's still an element of discovery to it you know when you see it well also one has to then pick out an item from the item. Exactly the right piece for them. Exactly. And I think, as I say, I think it's, I'm hoping that by being eclectic, it's also, you know, has a quite wide appeal. If it's quite niche, then, you know, I'm cool with that as well. Like, I think I've kind of not set out there for this to kind of, you know, suddenly open four stores nationwide. You know, like this is, you know, kind of a trying to fill that, I guess I guess I 
I would really like to have had a Rex <laughs> when I was younger. Mm. Or have one like have a Rex I now that I could would like to have a Rex. I'm glad it's coming. <laughs> that I could that I could like go to. So yeah. And also, someone I think when shopping in these vintage stores, it's I always think who's selecting these pieces. Yeah. Why are they there? Yeah. Whereas in your case, obviously I know you anyway, but there's a person behind it who's choosing those items for you. And I think Night Vestia, for example, that is so appealing because people understand where the source is. Yeah, exactly. Having a long love affair with vintage for many years. It's definitely considered and informed, which I hope comes across. So, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks for the chat. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Sardine Talks. Check out the Rex campaign on sardine.co. The hand-picked edit of pieces is available to order for 30 days from the 29th of November. We'll catch you next time.